everybody, and welcome back for the second episode of the podcast for teaching and learning. This week, we sit down with Provost Abby Zink to discuss all things fall 2020 and take a look at what the future holds for teaching and learning at SRU. Take a listen. Well, hey, episode two. How exciting is this? All right. right. All right. <laughs> and we have a guest today, Dr. Abby Zink. Uh, Provost and Vice President for Academic Affairs. Uh, first of all, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you and for the invitation. I got to say, that's quite the title. Provost and Vice President for Academic Affairs. So which one do you go with? Or which, what's like the go-to? I think it's probably Provost just because it's shorter. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole thing's got to go in there somehow. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Well, like, how do you fit that on a business card? Yeah, it, it takes a couple of lines. <laughs> Well, no, thank you for joining us. Um, I'm sure everyone that's going to be listening to this, all of our devoted fans, um, already are aware that you are the new provost here at Slippery Rock, and we're excited to have you. So thank you for taking the time to come on today, talk with us just about the fall, what the fall is going to look like, some things that we as faculty want to think about, and just to get your thoughts, opinions on you know how, how this is going to work. A lot right. has changed in the last couple of weeks. Um, everyone that I've talked to so far is excited about those changes. They're excited about the clarity. They're excited about everything else. So thank you for taking the time to just come on and talk with us this morning. It's my pleasure to be here. So I guess the best thing that we can do is just talk about the fall, right? Let's, let's start small and then we can kind of go sure. from there. But now that we have clarity, so we do know what the, for the most part, what the structure is going to be like for the fall. Most of the faculty, like I said, that I've talked to, they're the ones that are, that are going to be all online in some synchronous or asynchronous format. So can you just kind of walk us real quick through how we got here? Yeah. So I joined uh, Slippery Rock officially on June 22nd. Um, and uh, I've been in meetings uh, since probably April, but officially joined June 22nd. And at that point, the university's goal was basically to be at least 50% face-to-face in some fashion, in, so, in multimodal 50, uh, 50% in some fashion. Uh, but as the summer, uh, as the weeks went by, as you know, the number of COVID cases uh, in the United States were not trending in a good direction. In fact, we were in better shape back in May uh, than we were in July. Um, so that wasn't in our, going in our favor. And the other thing was... Um, not long after I got here, uh, we completed uh, uh, the um, room capacity um, uh, report uh, where, you know, uh, Wendy Stafford and Paul Novak, they went to every classroom on campus and they used the CDC guidelines to see what capacities would be. Um, and at that point, in a lot of cases, the capacities were only 20, 23% of the normal classroom capacity. So at that point we were looking at, if you had a, a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you might be able to make that work um, based on how many students were in the class. But Tuesday, Thursday, if you got to any kind of numbers like 40 or so, uh, those students would be on a rotation outside once a week. Um, so looking at it from that perspective, that didn't seem like the best possible um, scenario for students or for faculty. Imagine just meaning that uh, you're you know, trying to figure out your schedule for five classes and, oh, wait a minute, this is my day in that class, and then three weeks later, that kind of thing. So at any rate, um, those, all, those things all came together, um, and I think the university made the right decision. I mean, things are not trending in a good direction. Uh, 
You can take a look at what's happening at some other campuses that have tried to bring specific groups back um, and they have, you know, big outbreaks. Um, so, you know, uh, we made a decision here uh, on the early side, because um, if you look at the Chronicle of Higher Ed today, I mean, people are still making the decision to move in this direction. Um, so the hope is that we now we have some clarity uh, for students and for faculty. We know what the fall is going to look like. And my hope is, um, and, and I can see it already happening, is we can turn our energies toward, okay, we know that we're going to be at least 80% online for the fall. Um, so how do we make the best of that? How do we have a great fall semester? And you know what? I'm convinced by what I've seen so far, what I've heard so far, number of faculty who are signing up for training and that kind of thing. We're going to have a great fall semester. Um, and Slippery Rock's going to keep doing what Slippery Rock does, right? We're going to take care of our students. We're going to have that strong sense of community. We're just going to do it virtually. Yeah. I, and th I think there was a, just a general sense of, Okay, yeah. we can do this now that yeah. you know. Now that we know, I, there was a lot of stress at first in, in the people that I had talked to, trying to just conceptualize what that multimodal experience was going to like. Right. When you said you're right. at twenty percent of your capacity, you're going to see right. once right. every five classes. Right. There was a lot of anxiety that right. was going on around that. And um, I mean, Brian and I were in meetings back in June, and we said, "Look, if it's online, you know what Brian and and right. Bill and and Mark and all them were saying, we're good." Like if this is what, if this is where we're going, we're good. We have a lot of supports in place and I think we can tackle that. So yeah. 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 Well, I agree. Another, I, yeah. That was another thing that really influenced my thinking about this is we had done, uh, I was at Sam Houston state for the last six years as a Dean and they had a, a, a large online presence, you know, about 30% of our credits were online. And I know that that can be done really well, right? No one in the country, has done multimodal the way that we're talking about now, okay? And, or maybe just a couple of campuses, there's one out in San Francisco that's done it, uh, the high flex model, right? Uh, so very few people have experience doing this and you basically have to be Oprah, right? You gotta be in the classroom, moving around, right? At the same like time, that. you got this group of students online that you're trying to engage. And, you know, I mean, that is a heavy learning uh, for anybody. I don't care who you are. And there was a great article in the Chronicle say within the last couple of weeks about are we setting students up for the, wor the worst experience in both formats, right? For the students in the classroom, that's yeah. not going to be a great experience because you're focusing on the technology, that kind of thing. And then for the students online, it's not going to be a great experience. And so are we setting students up for the worst of both worlds, right? Um, so we got to learn how to do multimodal. Um, and I think that's going to take a lot of training and a lot of thought. But again, this transition was so rapid, okay, from going from, you know, face to face in March to, oops, we're all online. That was a very rapid transition, okay. And we know how to do that. We know how to do face to face. We know how to do online, right. Then all summer, it's like, well, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? And then trying to figure out multimodal. Um, you know, I think we're going to have a better semester uh, focusing on online. I really do. And then that'll give us yeah, some I more agree. time um, to figure. Yeah. I think for me personally. Yep, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Just from my own instructional perspective, like my own classes, I was like, okay, I got this. We're good now. Yeah. yeah. Now we can really focus in on, on right. a couple good skills for all of our faculty. So, yeah, I'm looking forward right. to that. And that was my hope, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You picked a heck of a time to uh, jump in on this. I mean, <laughs> I that. I mean, if there was a worse time to make a, a 
transition like this in higher education, you probably got it. Well, you know what? I'm either crazy or adventurous and I'm going with adventurous. Okay. uh, In all seriousness, uh, I'm so happy to be here and to join the university at this moment in time. Um, I do bring a lot of online experience, not the direction we're moving slippery rocks and only may get the wrong impression, but I do have a lot of online experience. Um, And so, you know, um, just thinking about how we do this and that kind of thing, that's helped me a lot as, as we talked with, with what do faculty need and that kind of thing to do this well. As you know, we've, we've tried to make sure that people have the equipment they need to do uh, this well at home. We've in- installed the owls in all the classrooms and that kind of thing. But I do think that my experience um, has been beneficial um, to this moment in time. And, and you know, I spent uh, 11 years at uh, Western Connecticut State University very much like Slippery Rock, focused on students and on uh, teaching um, and making a difference. And, um, you know, not that the other institutions weren't like that, but anyway, in many ways, I'm home here. And and I'm actually really happy to be joining the university at this moment and hopeful that I can make a contribution. Yeah, well, we're excited. You know, this has been obviously not the easiest transition for a lot of people. And so we've appreciated anything that like clarity, communication, things like that. <laughs> While we can all do better in all aspects. I yeah. mean, look, my wife teaches at a college not too far from here. I'm not going to say the name. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I get to compare notes. Right. And so right. I will say that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take it up for the people not watching at home. Yeah, I listened to uh, a podcast by Patrick uh, Lincioni, and I'm a fan of his of his work. But, you know, the thing of it is, is we're living in very uncertain times. The only certainty right now is uncertainty. Right. And, and his point was, and it really crystallized it for me, is that we can't offer people certainty. And that's what we all want. That's what we all crave is stability and st- certainty. Right. Um, but in lieu of that, we can provide more clarity. We can be as clear as we possibly can about what's going to happen, right? And, and so for me um, and, and for President Barry, that was part of what we were thinking as well is, okay, we'll let people know this is what's going to happen so that they have enough time to, to think about um, and shift their energy toward uh, having a great fall semester versus, oh, my God, is this going to change tomorrow, Is you know, that kind of thing. Right. What am I going to do if my kid's school goes online? All these kinds of issues that people are dealing with. Right. Or I live with someone who's who's uh, has a compromised immune system or I have a compromised immune system. All those kinds of things. You know, just take those worries off the table. and OK, how do we have a great fall semester? Yeah, and then and then what does that look like going forward? And I think you know a lot of your experience, and then working collectively with um, IT and preparing the classrooms for multimodal has actually right. staged us to be pre- in a pretty good position going right. forward, right. Um, regardless of what you know higher ed looks like. Right. Well, Bill, President Barry has has said that you know we're going to do a restart about this what we're going to do in the spring, but he hopes to make that decision early enough that people will know. Right. Uh, but if, if it is, does happen that COVID gets under control, um, you know, and it's not looking good right now, but who knows what's going to happen in a couple months, right? Um, we will be ready to pivot quickly, right? Yeah. Um, because of the things that we've installed in the classrooms and that kind of thing. Um, the other thing I think that's been a, a guiding principle in our discussions is um, 
you know, let's let's make investments that are going to pay off for the institution for many years to come, right? So the faculty incentives for training, right? Once we get people trained, I mean, that's going to be, you know, that's that's going to be something that the students benefit from for years and years and years, right? Same thing with the owls. Our classrooms now have the equipment to do all kinds of things that they didn't have before. Um, so, you know, I think that's another thing that's been uh, really great to see about uh, Slippery Rock's response is this idea that we're invest investing for the future. Yeah, because hopefully there is a time in the not so distant future where we all get to come back to campus and we get yes. to do normal things yes. and we get, yes. to, we get to have all those experiences that we know we all we all really like. But, you know, as of right now, this is what we got. But I, yeah. I like the fact that, you know, even though people are like, well, we put all those owls in and now we're not right. using them. Dude, at some point we're going to use them. Like at right. some point that's going to be a useful technology right. and a useful right. skill. I mean, just think about the reach that we now have. Right. You know, we're not going to really go into that Edinburgh discussion, but think right. about the reach that you can have by right. now being able to broadcast your class slides. Right. Well, the fall is going to be different than the spring was because the spring we were red, right? So the campus was essentially closed. The fall, we're not in red. So, you know, I'm hearing that a lot of faculty are planning on coming in and actually using their classrooms um, and using the OWL technology, you can use your whiteboards, you can do whatever you want, right? And you can, you know, and even though your students are virtual, seeing this virtually, you can still use your classroom. And I'm hoping that provides a level of comfort for people that, hey, I'm just going to do what I normally do. Um, but, you know, I've got the OWL here and, and the students can watch me do it, right? Yeah. Um, so I am yeah. hearing that, there, that people are going to be using the classrooms with the OWLs. Um, and, and so, you know, I mean, I, I'll be interested to see, you know, I think, um, I think we got to give ourselves a lot of grace um, as we work through these issues. Um, students, you know, obviously, uh, from everything we've heard from the open forums and, and from the comments and concerns, they're looking for an interactive experience, right? Um, and, and so um, in that pivot in the spring, and this is nationally was so quick that, you know, we're worried about do the students have the technology and that kind of thing. But I think we've gotten a, a much better place um, nationally and, and certainly here at The Rock uh, to have a great fall semester. You know, we've got a production studio set up now when we have some uh, communication students helping with that. Um, so, um, you know, the videos will be the right size uh, so students can can view them on all kinds of platforms and that kind of thing. So we're learning, right? We're learning. And I think, you know, part of this is uh, just continuous uh, improvement, you know, is that how do we do this better? Okay, I tried that. Um, I, I went to, uh, actually attended several sessions last week at a workshop that the faculty put together about, you know, what they learned uh, from teaching online during COVID, the new normal and, and that kind of thing. It was pretty amazing the kinds of things people are doing. And so I think, you know, we're going to see a lot of creativity um, and a lot of things, you know, I don't think anybody's expecting perfection, um, but, you know, I do think uh, faculty are, are working really hard to create interactive experiences and to make this a better experience for the students and for themselves in the fall, you know? Brian, this sounds like a perfect scholarship of teaching and learning opportunity. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it and is. We talked about that for a couple of years now. Yeah, how, yeah. how can we, how can yeah. we push that one? But I think this is might be, this might be one of our ends here. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things I think is going to be interesting from that standpoint is traditionally, 
online uh, students have self-selected into online courses, right? Um, but in, in COVID, uh, basically everybody is an online learner now. And so how does that translate? I think that's going to be one of the interesting uh, things to look at um, as, as time rolls on, right? Um, because it's, it's not just a self-selected group anymore. Yeah, and what the, the research has been saying for, for quite some time about, about the effectiveness of online learning is really going to be put to test because the, the N now is near right. 100%. <laughs> right. Right. So, but right. there's a lot of variables that go in, that, that come into play there. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll yeah. be interesting to see what the research starts to show. And then, you know, that the uh, those workshops, Abby, that you attended last week, mm -hmm. um, yeah, those would be great fodder to follow up from the Center for Teaching and Learning, at least. Exactly. Maybe we can even have a, a, a SRU kind of journal where we collect some of the reflections of our own faculty like we're doing now with, right. um, with Danette yeah. and Jason. Yeah, I think that's a, had I think one, a great opportunity. Really. Have you had a, uh, Sam Houston, you guys had a journal, the yes. measure? It yeah, was we had undergrad yeah. research one. Yes, yes. Yeah. Was that more student led or was that faculty or is it a combination of both? It was a combination. So basically it was a journal of uh, the best of our undergraduate writing. Okay. Um, but um, they worked closely with faculty members. So basically a faculty member or a student would uh, um, submit an essay from a class and then the faculty member worked with the student and we had a, a faculty uh, editorial board. Um, basically, oh, okay. yeah, and that's that's how that worked. Um, but anecdotally, it was a great. Students were so proud when when something was published in the measure, um, and they were anecdotally able to use those publications to help them get into some really great graduate schools. So right. you know, it's uh, you know, I think those things have a, those kinds of journals have a lot of value. Um, and, and, you know, uh, that was one of the things that we really wanted to do to set ourselves apart. We were at that institution. We were. 22,000 and I was the Dean of Humanities and Social Sciences and my thought was how do I create a, a liberal arts focused college within a major within a, a large size university um, and if you look at uh, a lot of the liberal arts colleges they do have journals and that kind of thing for students so that was that was part of the thinking there. Yeah, I mean, I think anything that we can do to engage our students more I, a, right. a lot, I mean it all ties you know, there's that push out with our high impact practices and undergraduate right. research. And it's just a good way to, if we can, right. I'll always advocate for our students and to get them to be as involved as everything is possible. But I think Brian is right. I mean, if we can have a SRU run publication right. that right. looks at all aspects of, right. I mean, look, we're, it's Slippery Rock. We are a teaching institution. Exactly. Our focus exactly. is on teaching and learning. Right. And that's right. what we should put most of our effort to as faculty. And if we can get some scholarship out of it. Fantastic. Even right. Better. Right. So I guess I would be remiss if I don't say or don't ask. So what is your vision for this post pandemic? So let's assume that we do get back to some, some normalcy right. at some point. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I think that, so I think Gordon Gee, uh, the president of WVU, I saw an interview with him a few months ago and he said, you know, basically we went to sleep one night in 2020 and we woke up in 2030. Okay. Um, and then I think a lot of things are accelerated, right? The use of technology and teaching and that kind of thing. And, and also some of the financial issues institutions are, we're having going to be accelerated. 
So I think uh, that we won't go back to the way we were, but I think in many cases, institutions like uh, Slippery Rock will be even better, right? Because we will have learned so much um, and we will have added so many uh, more tools to our toolboxes, right? And so, you know, we have no plans, for example, to remove the owls. As soon as the vaccine comes, we're not gonna go through the, all the classrooms and take out the owls, right? I think what it will do is it will, um, you know, and we already were outstanding teaching institution, there's no question, but I think, you know, uh, all the things we're learning about online delivery and that kind of thing will only enhance what we do face-to-face -face once this is all over. And I think students are going to be better prepared for, um, you know, things like flipped classrooms and that kind of thing because of, um, you know, the experiences that they've had online now. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity here for for a lot of things to grow and develop and, right. you know, if we can, if we can invest the time and effort into it now, hopefully we don't have to wait till 2030 to, right. to pay off, but you know, yeah, right, I'm all right, on board. Right. right. Yeah. And I think, you know, his point was just that no, we, I, we, yeah, we woke up in the future that we, you know, and, and, and yeah, but I mean, hopefully it won't be 2030 before we can go back to face to face. I, I doubt that. Right. But nonetheless, I think it's a good point of, of just how rapid this change is. Right. Um, and, you know, I had, I, you know, we, in some departments at Sam Houston, uh, everybody in the department except one person had taught online because they'd been doing it for like 15 years. So, you know, that pivot was easy, um, um, you know, and, and at some Texas high schools, students have to take an online class as a graduation requirement. So we had some experience that way and that kind of thing. Um, but at the other, on the other end of the scale, I had a faculty member who's a great guy, but, you know, just learned how to use email a couple of years ago. And, and now he's going to teach his class online. So I had some of the same struggles and we paired him up with a, a graduate student. And last I heard, you know, um, and he's been teaching for 50 years. Great, great guy. Great. And he's like, you know, maybe I should start a YouTube channel. OK, so I, what I'm saying here is. <laughs> that you don't know where the opportunity is going to come. And this man is an outstanding professor. He's a Shakespeare professor. I would watch his YouTube channel. There's no question, right? But it wouldn't have occurred to him to do something like that um, without COVID. No, I you know? love that. I love that perspective. Uh, before I yeah. came to SRU, I was an instructional designer at a couple of different universities. Mm -hmm. And we used to hold uh, like faculty development courses. You know, right. They weren't well attended, I imagine. Uh, they're very well attended now, but thinking <laughs> thinking about uh, being forced into into that, it, it's amazing to see a faculty right. member come out of their comfort zone and find something different. Yeah. And then yeah. they find yeah. that something different and they excel at it. We had a, yeah. um, a radiology professor and she was wonderful, but she wanted to just learn something new and find something new in her tool right. belt, right? And she right. came in, she, had, she hated being on camera. She wanted nothing to do with technology. Right. But, but she ended up falling in love with like the flip teaching approach and she right. loved doing, she did really great right. uh, instructional videos with something as simple as her webcam on her laptop. Yeah. And uh, it was so much fun to just watch her go and, and add a new, um, new piece of teaching power oh, yeah. in her, you know, in her, in her uh, uh, tool belt, like yeah. I said, and it was just really fun to watch, right. uh, see that side of faculty uh, kind of take off with that. I had an opportunity at another campus to uh, upgrade a classroom. I think we had about $200,000 we could use. So this thing could be really, really tricked out. 
And so I was new to the institution and they're like, well, you can't use this classroom because it's so-and-so's classroom. So, well, you know, I'm not going to turn down $200,000. So, you know, the faculty member doesn't have to use the technology, but we're, we're you know, I'm not going to turn it down. It was the best room in the, in the building. So anyway, we went ahead and did it. Um, and, uh, she had, you know, the reputation for being a Luddite. She just didn't like using this stuff, right? Um, but then she uh, uh, saw a little bit of a, of a demonstration and got to know one of the uh, instructional designers uh, really well. And she called her up and says, hey, come over and show me how to use all this stuff. So they did several sessions and that kind of thing. And you know what? She became like Nikki and Fantasia with that classroom. It was amazing. Right. It was amazing. And the other thing it did on campus was people were like, wow, if she can use this stuff, I mean, I guess maybe I can too. Right. Yeah. And so I think there's going to be a lot of that where people see, you know, I could see that in the, in the uh, workshop I attended last week with our faculty, you know, people are using teams they're using something called Flipgrid. They're using uh, creating uh, small groups in zoom, all this kind of stuff. And people are like, wow, how did you do that? How do I do that? Right. And yeah. so I think it's, I think it's going to be a lot of creativity. I really do. I think so. And I think too. we're going to come out with it better. I do. Yeah. Even with the owls, you know, we were talking about a little bit ago and, and yeah. well, what are, what's their use now? And um, yeah. I think Jeremy, you had said about, you know, even just turning it into an instructional video. You can be right. in the classroom, like you were saying, Abby. You can be in the yeah. classroom. You can still use your whiteboard, but now you have the ability in your in your own classroom to create lecture videos. You may not be doing yeah. them synchronously or you know broadcasting it, but now you have the ability in your classroom to be able to video record your right. lectures and put them right. up. And um, I, I'd be amiss if I didn't say uh, those communication students doing those videos, in my complete unbiased opinion, are the best. So, oh, uh, yeah. use definitely reach out and use them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've heard that they're doing just fantastic work and and they're excited about it. You know, we're, we're creating a uh, website um, that's a resource for students. The other thing that um, I think is really important um, is to think about this from the student perspective. Right. And, and a lot of students have never um, you know, they don't have experience with online um, and especially our incoming freshmen. But how do you do this and what programs do I need to know? Uh, how do I, uh, you know, time management is just a huge piece of online learning uh, and, you know, that kind of thing. And so, uh, but one of the things that we did was uh, Brad um, Wilson, our associate provost, is leading that committee in that effort. Um, he, we have several students on that, on that committee, and they've been tremendous resources, right? Um, because, uh, you know, they've been able to tell us, look, as a student, this is what I needed to know. This is what I wish I had known. Um, and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, I think the students doing the production is great um, experience for them. But also, I think, you know, they probably are influencing a little bit what's going on. So I think that's good. Yep. I think that's good. Yeah, student perspective. And, you know, and Abby, you mentioned the creativity of the faculty and the flexibility right. that some of these new technologies provide. And I think we, we are seeing a lot of that. And mm -hmm. I think one thing that I know the Center for Teaching and Learning need to do is to be to make sure that that creativity is supported so that those right. ideas can can be you know taken to fruition and can be implemented in the, in the classroom with right. the proper support that the students and faculty need. So um, it's happening. And, you yeah. know, the, owl, the owls themselves, another interesting um, idea we had from some of our faculty was, you know, students 
if we go back to a, a regular traditional conventional classroom, students who are deployed, you know, in the yes. middle of a semester or, you know, somebody who does get considerably sick and, and it's best for them. That type of flexibility is now allotted in our classrooms at Slippery Rock, which is fantastic. Exactly. exactly. So, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, uh, the fact that we invested in the house and, and, and John Ziegler and his group have just done an outstanding job getting us ready for all the different uh, um, possibilities for the fall. But I think that's a signal that we were very serious about trying to get back face to face as much as we possibly could, you know, and, and, and the, as the summer wore on, I mean, we just, the numbers aren't in our favor in, in multiple directions, but we really did have that intent um, to try to come back face to face as much as we possibly could. So now we've got the owls and I don't regret that decision at all. I think it was a good one. I think, uh, you know, a lot of faculty will start using them in the fall in ways that they, they didn't understand and didn't know were possible and that kind of thing. And I think, you know, after, after COVID is behind us is a, is a bad memory. Um, I think that, uh, you know, they'll be used in ways that, that we don't fully know at this point. But, you know, I mean, you've just given a couple of, of great examples, Brian, for the ways that they could be used. Yeah, I agree. I, and I think that's a good place to just kind of wrap up this conversation. As, you know, we look forward to the future. There's going to be opportunities. There are going to be things that we can think about and be creative with. And, you know, it's nice to it's nice to think about the future and, and plan for the future and be optimistic and at the same time be really grounded in where we're at now. Right. You know, so right. we don't want to project too far ahead because we still got a, we still got a bunch of students coming to campus. Right. And they right. definitely right. need our, our right. support and everything now. Right. Um, and if, if I could just put a plug in, um, the students are really dying for interactions with their faculty. And I know that a lot of faculty have reached out, but I just want to encourage that outreach to students. They're scared. They don't know what to expect. They're, you know, and that kind of thing. And the more outreach they have, I can tell you that the, uh, the uh, response has been so positive. You know, my professors reached out to me, that kind of thing. And just that reassurance um, is, is worth, is, is means so much. Yeah. Yeah, if you haven't emailed your students yet, email them. Please Just do. Say hi. Please do. do it now. <laughs> you, you got nothing to say. It's okay. Just say hi. That's right. Even That's all them. they're looking for. That's all they're looking for. I know. Well, Abby, Dr. Zink, I, we very much appreciate your time today. And uh, I know we are not out of the woods yet, but I feel pretty good going into the fall now. Um, so again, thank you for the time and the effort and the communication and uh, just one more. So you went to Marshall. I did. Undergrad and a master's. So uh -huh. I went to WVU. All right. Oh, okay. So, all right. But, so you're the well, other. If I had known that, group. I wouldn't have done this podcast. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, you threw out, out Gordon Gee's name. So I was like, yes. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, so it's okay. We still right. like Marshall. Right. Go herd. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They, oh, hey, and there was one other thing that yeah. I did want to get on video here. Um, I noticed that Sam Houston had a fac, a CHSS golf cart request. Yes. Yes. Is that something we can look forward to at Slippery Rock? Because <laughs> I would love to be able to go online and fill out the golf cart request form. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Can I put we that, can talk I put about that? On that. The yeah, we can talk about that. Can we yeah, it? it came in handy when we had visitors on campus and it was 110 degrees. 
Oh. <laughs> so look at it this way. We can put the windows on it because it always rains yeah, in Sapiro. Yeah, so we yeah, have visitors yeah. on campus. Yeah, we can still yeah. get the tour, but right, right. little golf cart windows. Right, 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 yeah. right. We'll turn it into a mobile podcast studio. There you go. There you go. And here better you're going to need a four-wheeler, my- right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Once again, right. thank you very much for your time. We appreciate right. everything and uh, right. look forward to talking to you soon. All right. Take care. Goodbye. Thank you. See you guys. This podcast is sponsored by the Center for Teaching and Learning at Slippery Rock University in Slippery Rock, PA. The mission of the Center for Teaching and Learning is to serve as a resource for faculty that fosters a culture of excellence and innovation in teaching, learning, and scholarship. For more information, call 724-738-2473 or email Brian Danielson at brian.danielson at sru.edu. Thanks for listening.